Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brendan McGare, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Winsaka Call. Once again, joined by my co-pilot, Will Gagan of the Independent, sports editor extraordinaire himself. Will, before we look ahead to this week's high school football matchups in Rhode Island, let's take a look back at what we saw. And I'll begin with Winsocket Lincoln, actually, at last Friday night, since we'll go sequentially. You saw Narragansett Tolman on Saturday. I did, yep. Uh, Winsocket on the wrong end of a 26 to nothing score to Lincoln. Defending Division II Super Bowl champs, Lincoln really took it to him. I was surprised to see that in person. I'm sure you were probably surprised to see that, seeing that score. I was. That was uh, the most surprising score as I flipped through, uh, through the, uh, the, Twitter the finals. Yeah, the Twitters, Twitters and everything on uh, Friday night. I was, I was just a little bit stunned by that one. Yeah, just you know, just resetting for one socket. Um, you know, they came to the air as like we said, Division Two Super Bowl champs, got a target on their backs. You know, but Lincoln not intimidated, not daunted. You know, they got a senior quarterback, Randall Keene, a four-year starter. You don't see yeah, that you too don't often. Yeah, you see that. Yep. But uh, there's a little bit of uh, there's a lot of playmakers. Uh, head coach Sean Cavett on the preseason cited there's a little more athleticism in this Lincoln camp than has been in recent years and. You saw it with Tyler Dusty. He had a big uh, touchdown run in the third quarter, 73-yard scamper that helped break the game wide open. He had uh, Nick Toro. He had a huge reception that helped set up a uh, a touchdown in the third quarter. Junior safety John Jaramillo, three interceptions. Oh. Could have nearly had a, a fourth interception in the fourth quarter, had a, ba- a pass battered down. A lot of athleticism on this Lincoln team, and uh, definitely an impressive opening statement for them. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's always an opportunity in Division Two. Uh, you know, they have a big playoff field. It's uh, you got a chance to make a little run. Lincoln hasn't been there in a while. Hasn't been a, a postseason squad, but they've got a shot this year. Certainly, it looks like. Absolutely, but uh, we'll go to your game on Saturday morning down in Narragansett, Tolman taking on the Mariners, and uh, it looked like it was going to be a Narragansett blowout, but Tolman came back. Yeah, it was, a, it was kind of a wild game. It was, it was a long game. Uh, it was very warm on the uh, turf in Narragansett. I think the teams were getting pretty tired, uh, not used to playing Saturday morning games in the, in the hot sun. Uh, but yeah, Narragansett went up 14 nothing in the first quarter, uh, and then 20 nothing earlier in the second half and uh, looked to be kind of cruising. And then all of a sudden, Tolman turned it on, got their pass rush going. Eddie Blessing, Narragansett quarterback, was just running for his life at that point. Uh, as Narragansett kind of struggled to, to slow that down, had some turnovers, so they couldn't, couldn't uh, you know, tire Tolman's defense out at all. Uh, but then uh, Narragansett held on in the end. Brian Beganek, who's a linebacker who's headed to Holy Cross next year, he busted through the line just completely unblocked on an extra point, blocked it to preserve a 2019 lead. Uh, Narragansett's defense made a stop after that and got, got a little help from a 12-man on the field penalty from Tolman. Uh, kind of a tough tough spot there. Uh, Narragansett held on. Impressive win for them. They are now 2-0. Yeah, and uh, a couple things that you referenced, Well, I just want to talk about, you know, Obviously, the heat. We it's been uh, it's late September, but it still feels like August out there. You wonder how the conditioning factor is with some of these teams. Remember, this is only their second week of playing four quarters after a kind of elongated preseason, and also a lot of penalties. I don't know. I saw a lot of my game last Friday. I'm sure you like you said you saw twelve men on the yeah, field. A lot of holding of penalties. A lot of holding. A lot of uh, a lot of second and twenty fives, third and thirty ones. Um, situations like that, yeah, teams were behind the sticks all game, lots of holding. I'd, maybe officials kind of calling it tighter at the beginning of the year to try to 
set a tone, establish sort of what the parameters are, what the standards are, but I think also the conditioning factor. I think teams teams are not quite where they want to be, not quite as sharp as they as they will be down the line. But the, everyone has two full quarter games under their belts now. We'll see if uh, that improves conditioning wise. See if we see a little bit of a better product on the field. Some of the scores we looked at, I mean. North Smithfield and uh, Mount St. Charles Co-op, they blew out Tollgate. 47-6. Uh, LaSalle, they just absolutely trounced South Kingstown. Yeah, Ponegansa was 50-14 in Versituate. So, yeah, that was interesting. And just, just to go back to Narragansett for a second, um, they, uh, they don't have the, a lot of numbers. We've talked about this before, but they've got, they've got some skill guys, and they were pretty impressive in taking that early lead. Colby Corson, who's a... Uh, been a basketball player. He's out for football for the first time. Caught a uh, 93-yard catch and run from Eddie Blessing. And uh, Tyler Poirier, a sophomore, caught two touchdown passes. So they, they definitely have some talent. They'll, they'll be trying to make some noise in D3, and they're off to a strong start there. Uh, some other games from, from the uh, first week of league play that stood out to us. Uh, East Greenwich beat Middletown 38-6. to Might be the D2 favorite at this point. Uh, a little Burrowville price, something to say about that. Uh, but East Greenwich uh, blew out, blows out a Middletown team that had previously blown out somebody in, in non-league play uh, in Week 1. At Portsmouth, uh, after losing to NK in Week 1 and, and their rough year last year, they get a big win over Barrington. Uh, Burrowville, like I said, they win big over Mount Hope, 49-7. to And uh, all the D4 top contenders, Tiverton, Ponegansett, North Smithfield, they just romped to victories in, the, in week one. Uh, also, Pilgrim in D3 might be the D3 favorite, 57 to 6 over Smithfield. So, yeah, lopsided scores all around. Lots of lopsided scores. Like we said, hopefully the play, a little more competitive balance this week. Like, like you probably have seen, well, like one of the few competitive down to the wire yeah, games so yeah, far. Yeah, it's true. It's true, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, it kind of trended that way last year, too. There were a lot of blowouts that, that we saw. I don't, I don't know if it's an alignment problem. I, you know, I don't really know what the deal is. Um, but, yeah, hopefully hopefully some close games going forward. Uh, and as we look ahead to this week, I, I imagine there will be a close game, a very good game at North Kingstown High School on Friday night. Game of the week for sure. Might be the game of the year. It could be. It could be. Uh, like you, As you know well, you, uh, that's a game that you've cited this week in this week's Independent. Yep. Get there early and often. Get there early and often as Hendricken. Uh, coming to town, North Kingstown, Hendricken, always a rivalry. You know, one of the biggest public schools, most successful public schools, against uh, against the Hawk Powerhouse. Uh, I would expect a huge crowd uh, because you also, in addition to it just being a big game, it was a big game last year when NK visited Hendricken. Uh, this is the debut for the new synthetic turf field at North Kingstown. It got delayed a little bit. Kind of a you know, I'm sure athletic director Dick Fossil wasn't happy about rescheduling everything these last few weeks, but it is. It's kind of nice that the debut is a game like this. It's going to be a big night Friday at North Kingston. And also feels like an elimination game as well. It does. In the sense yeah. that only one of these teams is going to go to play on for the state championship, the big one. And then yep. the other team most likely is going to have to sell for the consolation prize, which is the Division One Super Bowl. So it's kind of like, you know, the old NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, winner go home. Yeah. Yeah, it's not to say there aren't other teams in the mix. There are plenty of teams in the mix. But if you're projecting it here... You've got Hendricken as the number one team in the state. NK is number three in the latest sports media poll. Uh, you know they are the top two teams in, in their side of 
Division One, and only one of them can go on uh, to that game. So yeah, it's it's a huge, huge game early in the season. And uh, you know the road doesn't get any easier for Henrik. In the following week, they have LaSalle. Yeah, yeah, so true. To, to, uh, back to tough back to back weeks here Absolutely. for uh, the Hawks. So we'll definitely learn a lot about them. But uh, that's clearly the game of the week, the the marquee game, the one yeah. that I'm sure all the TV cameras will be down to yeah. get footage of. You'll obviously be there, but um, I, I, unfortunately, I will not be there. Okay. Um, Yes, we. I'll be at the uh, College Crusade Gala, great cause. My my wife is on the board there, so that will take me away from football for the night. But uh, you can follow our our good friend Ryan Murray on Twitter for uh, yes for uh, updates from the NK Hendrickson game. And if if you're looking for parking, if you have trouble at parking, just park at my house on Thelma Irene Drive. It's a short walk to North Kingstown. High School. Well, this might be a good night to you know put the old uh, ten dollar sign out there and absolutely uh, see if yeah. you can uh, you know you do have a young child now with all the extra money. Right. Every little pace. bit helps. Every little bit that college <laughs> one. <laughs> exactly. But um, by the biggest game in the area, at least on is Saturday between Shea and St. Raphael. You know, Shea, you know, Jalen Smith once again a multi touchdown game against Cranston East. St. Ray's, they were on the short end of a twenty two to twenty overtime loss to East Providence, one that saw the Saints, you know, come up short in a two point conversion. You know, that will be the biggest game in the Blackstone Valley area. And also Cumberland, you know, they're going to be hosting East Providence on Friday. Those same townies uh, taking on the Clippers. Clippers coming off a tough loss against Hendrickson. So it'll be interesting to see how those two games play out. And those aforementioned Lincoln Lions, they're heading down to West Warwick for a 4 p.m. game on Friday. It's very weird to say that these yeah. teams are playing on Friday afternoon, but that's the triple, a, triple E world we live in right yep. now. Still got to, uh, got to take precautions. Uh, for a lot of these games. Uh, and Narragansett, as we mentioned, uh, off the 2-0 start, they host Tollgate on another Saturday morning game. Uh, so that, that looks like a good one. Uh, could be a good one with Burville and Mount Pleasant. And Mount, Mount Pleasant has some talent. Burville has been just a powerhouse and, uh, and since moving to D2. So that, that should be a good game. Uh, another Saturday morning tilt up uh, in Bronco land. Yes, the old 10.30 come up, Love it. get morning and get after it. Uh, <laughs> but that's their first uh, game, home game of the year for the Broncos. So I'm sure a very good uh, turnout will be accept, expected up in Alumni Field. Yep. Uh, East Greenwich Classical might be a decent game as well. I think Classical is 1-0 after a, a tight win. So uh, some good ones as we go to week two of league play. But uh, we're going to transition now to uh, college football, and it's getting down to like must-win time for both the URI Rams and the Bryant Bulldogs. Uh, combined, they are 0-7, I believe, Will. And yep. uh, once again, uh, tough tests <clears throat> await both uh, on Saturday. Uh, first, the Rams, they'll once again have a nighttime game at Meade Stadium, welcoming Stony Brook. Yeah, another tough one and another kind of, you know, they had a almost a, a must-win feel last week after a loss to Delaware in their, their first conference game. Uh, they ended up losing to New Hampshire 27-24 on a last-second field goal. So that's a triple overtime game and a last-second field goal in your first two weeks of conference play. You or I could easily be 2-0. and They are not, and instead are basically fighting for their lives in the conference season at this point. If you go to 0-3 in the CAA, with your remaining games, uh, Albany, uh, you know, not one of the top, top teams, but that's a road game. Then you got Elon, William and Mary, Maine, James Madison. It is just really tough sledding. Uh, so you or I kind of fighting to, to 
you know, find it, find a way out of this rough start on Saturday. A big game against Stony Brook. Yeah, we'll see if the nighttime crowd can kind of urge them on. And up at Smithfield uh, for the third straight weekend, uh, the Bryan Bulldogs will be home. Their NEC opener against St. Francis U. Uh, Brian coming off a tough 35-30 to loss last Saturday to uh, Brown, a game that they got down in the fourth quarter. Made a nice push at the end. Final play went against the Bulldogs. You know, right, right now the Chris Merritt era is still looking for its first win. And from here on out, it's pretty much NEC play for the Bulldogs. So the good thing about them is they're in a league where, you know, it's really about what you do in league play that mm-hmm. kind of decides your postseason fate. You know, can you win the NEC? So... If you're Bryant this week, I'm sure Chris Merritt is saying, hey, you know, obviously we're 0-3 on the season, but we're 0-0 in the NEC, so we can kind of have a chance to really turn it around. Yep, yeah, that's the mindset they've got to have. Uh, You mentioned that that Brown-Bryant game, a little in-state affair. Uh, Nice start for the James Perry era at Brown, uh, but some tough tests upcoming. They visit Harvard this week, always a powerhouse in the Ivy League, and then the Governor's Cup game. Uh, is looming next Saturday, which is October, by the way, October 5th. Scary, scary yes. to say that. That's a Saturday afternoon game over it at is. Brown yeah, Stadium. Yeah, not bringing in the temporary lights this year, apparently. No. So we'll see what happens there. But All right, shout-out time. Shout-out time. I'll let you go first. All right, we will uh, give some props to the Narragansett uh, girls volleyball team. They are off to an undefeated start. They uh, they moved to Division Three last year. Uh, with a big senior class and went 14-2, and two, uh, made the semifinals where they lost to Rodgers, uh, the eventual champ. Uh, and they kind of expected to take a little bit of a step back with, uh, with losing eight seniors, but they've actually uh, picked up right where they left off, played great with a lot of uh, JV players stepping up. Uh, and they are, uh, they are leading Division Three right now and uh, could end up being one of the top teams in the league. So well done, Mariners, so far. And my shout-out is uh, Lucy Norris, a uh, sophomore at Blackstone Valley Prep in Cumberland. Her story is kind of remarkable. She's a dual-sport athlete, plays girls' soccer, and does cross-country. On Monday was her first race since Labor Day weekend, which Hmm. is amazing. Usually if there's a soccer and cross-country meet conflict, she's going to pick soccer. That's Uh her bread and butter. On Monday, she went out against a very talented field with Cumberland. They've always been a very solid cross-country program. She went out and finished first place at the monastery. Very impressive, and it's just uh, remarkable that you know she does her training on her own. Her coaches trust her, and what does she do? She goes to a meet and wins first place. I mean, what? What? I mean, it's a pretty cool story if you think yeah, about it. Absolutely. I mean, she's running probably running the equivalent of of three point one miles in a soccer game. So I mean, there's there's some training there, but yeah, that's impressive. But, uh, but soccer, stepping right in. But soccer, you think, you know, there's the quick burst. Yes, yes, true. Whereas and then like, jogging. Jogging, and then, Walking. you know, you got to do a lot of straight on through if you're yeah, cross-country. Tra- right you know, training over hills and hill workouts and things like that. But, you know, uh, that's a very impressive. You know, it's good to see she's taking advantage of that dual sports role that athletes can take. But it's even more impressive that, you know, her first cross-country meeting in, like, almost two weeks, she just goes out and wins it. Wins it. She won her injury fund race, actually. So definitely a runner to keep an eye on as we transition to the postseason version of the cross-country season. Yeah, yeah, almost there. I think they have one more week of One, one week meets. of dual meets. Yep. And on to the post there. They are always the first to get into playoff season. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> it's always postseason mode pretty early in cross-country yeah. world. But, uh That'll do it for this week's episode of Ocean State Sidelines. Uh, we'll get, once again, reminders on how you can follow us. I'm 
at Twitter at BWMCGAIRO3. And you are? At Roadie Will. Easy enough. So we'll be back next week, fresh episode, and uh, we'll see uh, how everything shakes out on the high school football and college front. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening.